Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now... Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. All right. We've officially hit the offseason of the NFL. Welcome in. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can hit me up at Dan Beyer on Fox. And our executive producer is Ryan Bershinger hanging out with us. Find him on X at Ryan Bershinger. The Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions, doing it in overtime. Just three seconds left in that first overtime to tackle the San Francisco 49ers, 25-22. to Number three for Andy Reid, Mike, and number three for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it was a great game, but it was a pretty darn interesting ending. Well, that's just it, right? It doesn't have to be spectacular. It just needs to be close late and let the stars come out and make some plays over the course of the night, I guess. You know, watching it, you were in in stadium, so you didn't have the benefit of you know Patrick and SpongeBob or Nance and Romo or the Hispanic <laughs> broadcast, whatever you were looking at, uh, to to help along the way. But the fact that we weren't talking about officials, we probably should have a little more than we did. Uh, and you know, we're we're looking at uh, special teams coming up big in, in the game as. You know, we always talk about it being a third, and, and we say so normally with our tongue-in-cheek, except for those rarefied kickers. But, you know, that's the part of the tale of the tape. And, you know, we, we got more Mahomes, and if you didn't love him already or hate him, uh, you're even more uh, more entrenched in your belief afterwards, right? Because it was more of the same. And like we talked about a lot during the regular season, guys, if you don't kill them, 
they will come back after you. It's like yes. the, you know the villain at the end of a horror movie or whatever else. Really make sure they're dead before you turn and start getting back to making out or or listening to music or having a drink or whatever the hell you're doing. Because Reed Mahomes and company will come for you. You know, it's amazing. You mentioned the in-game experience versus watching on TV. One of the things that I can tell you is I only saw Taylor Swift on the Jumbotron twice. One of those was the chugging of the beer, which okay. got a lot of run. And then another was uh, during the, the pregame ceremony. I think it was during Post Malone's uh, performance where they showed her on the screen. Interesting, because that was yeah. one of my questions I had for you, because it was 54 seconds in the broadcast. Yep. So wonder if they just had uh, decided to give one of the Jumbotron screens to her altogether. <laughs> just, yeah, here you go. <laughs> just, a, just a live feed of her on there. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And she was put in in a spot where what they do is they go around and they, you know, like you would at a Laker game or anything, they do the celebrity views. Okay, sure. And she wasn't even in the first montage. She was in, like, the second or third one. So they did a good job in terms of, you know, mixing it in, you know, that way sure. of, of not making a an obvious spectacle of it. But, yeah, I, I was curious to hear on how many times she was on screen. And I've heard 11 and I've heard 12 times. So, you know, about a dozen. You just said 54 seconds. She was probably on the screen for about a total of 15 seconds in the stadium. Wow, that's, that's interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought uh, in stadium if you're not showing commercials. I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? Raiders trivia? <laughs> you know what they're the doing the answer's jet jet <laughs> the plays of 2023 oh, you know like God. that that sure. sort of stuff yes that's what you thrilling you a mixture of then they bring out the hall of famers sure. you know and then you know they so the 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 here'll be a little trivia for you they bring out a great like of the of you know the team's past and they bring them out, and you know, then the, all the fans cheer when they see that that person. Would you guys like to guess what great they brought out for the 49ers? Do you want to take a guess? We don't have to play this game, by the way, because I hate it when people spring games. <laughs> no, it's good. No, no, I like. I mean, I, I, I'm only doing it not that you should get the correct answer, but just because <laughs> I think it is so intriguing to to see who was chosen for both teams. I would assume Joe Montana. I know he was there. Okay. Uh, during the week, at you least. You good with that, Harmon? Yeah, I think that I'd go with that, sure. It was Joe Montana. Okay. Joe okay. Montana was the one that they showed for the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Who do you think they sh- uh, shown for the, uh, showed for the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, this one's easy. Okay. Unemployed coach Mike Vrabel. Since he already <laughs> adopted the Patriots, now he's on his victory tour. Uh, um, I was a chief. Uh, also, Joe Montana. That's <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. Good call. That's Good brilliant. Call. <laughs> it was Dante Hall. Oh. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Not a Priest Holmes sighting. Not wow. No. Not a Tony Gonzalez. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Wow, Not a Jan Stenerud. Nothing. Um, Man. The, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Dante but, Hall. Uh, of course, we only think of Jan Stenerud as a Packer. So, of course, right, right, Bursch. Yeah, you don't even consider him a chief. I don't, I don't know that he knows. That's before he's younger than us, yeah, Dan. I'll be real. I, I don't know that. <laughs> uh, that's when all the kickers were from Europe and uh, spent like eighteen years in the NFL. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they all look like they smoked. They, I'm not as alleging anything, but they all look like they smoked two packs a day and were 20 years older than they were. Oh, <laughs> It's like a lot of the wrestlers of the late 80s. Wait, that guy was 40? <laughs> man, you're seeing Harrison Butker and Jake Moody kick 55-plus yard field goals. I know Butker's was like 57. And then you just see, as Mike says, these guys are like smoking on the sidelines and still, <laughs> you know, booting them through. Uh, quite a different game. But yeah, I thought that I thought that was unique. Mm-hmm. The, the the crowd cheering. You know, like if you had Christian Okoye, you know, sure. And and by the way, they went nuts for Dante Hall, and he was he was oh, an no exciting sure. player for them. But when you have it next to Joe Cool, and the, you're right, Bursch, the Chiefs should have just lent him for another one. And, <laughs> you know. and now he's he's got <laughs> like one of those jerseys half and half. <laughs> well, I know Christian Okoye was just out here for a big promotion they did with AM570, our, hmm. our flagship in L.A. that he showed up with uh, Eric Dickerson and stuff. Oh, wow. It would have been easy to get him out there, mm. in theory. I, I know, Mike, I know you've been around all these guys, um, and I've been fortunate as, enough as well. You want to know where I met Christian Okoya? Bathroom. At a Hooters in Indianapolis. At a ho- in Indianapolis. <laughs> now, there's the random uh, Hooters. Okay. What, back in the day, uh, I know we did some promotions yes, with Hooters we, through we the did. network. Yeah. We did. We did. And so, Super Bowl 46, he was, you know, obviously came by the the set to uh, to join the show, and there was some time to kill, and. So he sat at a table with me, and that's a, I shot the bull. I love that. That's fantastic. Way back. Are, you got any photos? <laughs> no. No, because it was so long ago. There's no you – know, maybe I had my digital camera back then. Maybe that was it, but it probably wasn't coming on my phone. Oh, man. Wow, look at that. Uh, yeah. Memories, baby, memories. Yeah, yes. So what are you going to remember from Super Bowl 58? Mike Harmon, from this game. Well, I mean, look, selfishly, and I said it on the show, Bursch was working with uh, Smith and I on Monday night. Uh, I will get to, for as long as Smith and I are working together, remind him that a guy that wasn't good enough to get on the field with the Jets caught the game-winning touchdown pass uh, in a Super Bowl in McCall Hardman. So that's part one. Um, Defensively, I mean, Chanel was fantastic. Two of the biggest plays of the game. But because of the way it flows, he's an afterthought, right? The strip of McCaffrey for the fumble on the opening drive where the 49ers are moving very quickly. Like, that felt like, whoa, 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 here we go, right off the jump. And then you get the big fumble, and then he gets a hand, one of two guys to get a hand uh, on the the blocked PAT for Moody. So some big plays there. Uh, You know, and Patrick Mahomes, he made plays with his legs. Right, he finished with 333 passing yards. That's fine. The two touchdowns, there's not a defender within 10 yards of those guys. Yeah. Right. So great play call. Obviously, owing back to the Kadarius Tony call, just uh, more or less the same formation, same play, and everything else. Um, and then you had the MVS that you you had tweeted about because you talked about him, and he made a he made a pop for you with that touchdown reception, Dan. That's right. um, but coming off of the punt. Right. So you have that. But for me, it was Patrick Mahomes biggest plays came with his legs for all of the talk about his arm and and 33, 33 and a couple of touchdown passes, whatever. Like he wasn't threading the needles. It was a lot of dink and dunk and some open receivers and then defensive backs who suddenly did forgot how to play defensive back on the 52 yarder to McCall Hardman. 
you know, the t- turnover-worthy throws we talked about, Dan, I'm still counting that as one, even though it ended as a 52-yard reception. <laughs> but but I'm going to remember that Patrick Mahomes' stamp on this was that he ran for 66 yards, including big runs when it mattered. Yeah, that, that fourth, the fourth and inches. You know, and again, they, they, they don't sneak after he hurt his knee. Right. You know, they don't yeah. do that anymore. And then the run to set them up inside the red zone in that overtime. By the way, it was Burst who was on MVS. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I, I no, that's that. okay. I just want to give him the, the the you know give him where credit was due. <laughs> I swear to God, guys, I was going to have first touchdown score be Jawan Jennings. Oh, Oof. but he well, wouldn't you know, have he almost, almost got a hat trick too, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he would have thrown it, so right. it wouldn't have counted. Oh. You know, I would have bet that would have been a kick in the you know what. Oh, absolutely, but, uh, that would have sucked. First, what are you going to remember about Super Bowl 58? I think ultimately I'll remember the ending. Um, as, as a game as a whole, uh, through the first half, you kind of were watching the game going, this is a, this is a bit of a mess. <laughs> like It's yeah. just yeah. fumbles on both sides, really not a lot of offense going, and it was it was hard to, to really get a feel as to who was winning that game because it was it was basically the same things happened to both happening to both sides. And and the second half too, I mean, obviously because of the score, like it was an incredibly even game. And and there was much of the game where I thought that the Niners were going to win, but you just felt like the Chiefs were still going to hang around long enough to do what whatever was needed because ultimately when 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 any team got into the red zone, uh, the defenses showed up and and they made stops at at, at points when they needed to. Um, I think the 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 special teams aspect on both sides again both kickers who uh, you know Jake Moody had his issues coming into uh, throughout mm-hmm. the season as a rookie but uh, he looked great Butker is uh, is performing phenomenally as a postseason kicker uh, he had a great game and uh, Chris Conley w- for the Niners making huge plays on on back to back punt returns. Um, like the special teams was actually rather impressive on both sides. So I think what was great about this game is, as you mentioned, Dan, we're not talking about officiating. We're not talking about like, I mean, yes, of course, there was the the blocked extra point that did make a big difference, but that wasn't a missed extra point. That was a, a, a block. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's hard to like really fault it. Um, so we're not sure. There's talk about the overtime rules and, and the way that things were handled in overtime. But I think overall, even with all these excess things, uh, the game was really truly decided by the two teams performing the way they did. Uh, Mahomes was fantastic using his legs. I, and I look at it from a fantasy perspective. Like when you throw in his rushing yards with those passing yards, he finished just shy of 400 yards total there. Um, so a phenomenal fan, fantasy performance, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, because of the injury that he he had last season. Uh, we we haven't seen those rushing numbers from Mahomes. So you watch this game going, man, I it'd be really nice to have a Patrick Mahomes again in, in fantasy who's throwing for 300 and rushing for 50 a game. That, <laughs> that would just be incredible. But that's just simply not going to happen because uh, desperate times called for desperate measures, and Mahomes got those yards on the ground when he needed to, and he looked great. But, yeah, overall, I think because of the ending especially, uh, we'll remember that overtime and, and the way things went down. And I like the fact that the new overtime rules came in to play in a way that really did feel fair and even at the end yeah it was 
Well, take us inside. You were there with the energy flow yeah. and the back and forth, whatever uh, the in-house DJ was doing because the other guy got had a family yeah. thing. So, so they, I think they had to Cascade. Swap out. Yeah, Cascade showed up. Yeah, Cascade, and it was a waterfall of beats, I'm telling you. <laughs> nice. It was, it hey, was... don't go chasing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The uh, Here's – I'll take myself. So I'm sitting there watching the game, and I thought to myself – if I'm at a Super Bowl party right now and it's midway through the third quarter, I probably have lost interest in this game. <laughs> yeah. Like I am more talking with people or I'm going back for seconds or I go to take a leak and I'm just staying in there, you know, a little bit longer because I don't need to rush back and, you know, go and watch the game because there was nothing to miss. You know, even even a guy you know, that was sitting next to me. Because everybody stays for halftime. Like, nobody goes sure. and rushes out. They all want to watch halftime. And then when halftime ends, that's when people get out of their seats and, go, you know, run to the restroom or whatever they do. And uh, the guy goes, you know, make sure nothing happens. And, uh, <laughs> and he comes back. And he goes, thanks. You know, because nothing did happen. Well, you and, missed an interception and then nothing. <laughs> yes, right? There was, was an opportunity. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. That was, but, you know, like, yeah. again, like, there was just, there wasn't a lot of buzz. And it was a very pro- Niners crowd and it's not that Kansas City didn't represent it's just we're you know the western part of the U.S. there are a lot of Niners fans in a lot of places it's easy to travel you know all of that you're just getting more you know you're getting more fans but you wouldn't have known it because there was not a lot to cheer for you know, like, and, and so that was the unfortunate part and so like when I sit there and I look back and I think of what am I going to remember I think that the only thing I'm going to remember is that last touchdown. There wasn't a play guys in there that I'm thinking, ooh, that's going to stand the, you know, that's going to be one we're going to remember. And I think in a lot of times, good or bad, you know, even, you know, Super Bowl 50 was kind of a crappy game between the Panthers and Broncos. We remember Cam Newton not diving on the football. 100%. You know, like, yeah. you know, like that's, like, that's a play. And like this one for like what it was. You know, Travis Kelsey's play to set them up near the end of regulation was nice. The Juwan Jennings, you know, touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey. But in the end, that's what I'm just going to take from it. Uh, I don't know how history will look, you know, back at the Super Bowl. But, you know, for as great of an ending as it was, I don't think that it's going to have its imprint in, like, Super Bowl history. It's going to be another one for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't even think as a Niners fan, you know, you came so close. To, to to winning this and you're obviously it just stings and you're you're kicking yourself um but like are you sitting there are you looking back at that fourth down play you know are you looking back at trying to stop them and you know at the goal line i'm just curious on what play for san francisco you're going to sit there and yeah. you know kick themselves on well i got so, one. i got the one you got the one i got the one it's o- overtime third down chris jones the guy you have to account oh, yeah. for, yeah. You don't account because that's a that's the hat trick for Jennings uh, when they're on offense. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. that's the hat trick for Jennings right there, and it's a touchdown. And all of the arguments of taking the ball, not taking the ball, whatever, are moot because you scored your touchdown. You finished the drive. Instead, he comes through unchecked. Purdy's got to get rid of it a second earlier than he wants to because Jennings was wide open, right? Yeah. So he doesn't get the right trajectory on the ball, and it falls harmlessly for an incompletion like that's the one that's going to stand for me because we'd seen tip balls throughout the night right because we saw you know good pressure up the middle 
and and a number of balls that you know they got fingers on or you had to pretty kind of short arm it to try to get it out of there including one that could have started to look like the tuck rule uh, yeah. at one point but then that play you know, money on the line, the guy that held out, and we joked about it all off season of, you know, what happened with all the running backs and everything else coming back to play. This guy's got a Super Bowl ring, and he's got Andy Reid diving on him after the game yeah. because of that that play. Like, he did a lot during the game, right, even if the stats don't show it. But that play disrupted it all. Otherwise, Patrick Mahomes and company have to come down, and they have to score a touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the reason they beat Buffalo, pushing Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen when Shakir's mm-hmm. yeah. wide open in the end zone. And if Allen gets, you know, anything on that throw, it's uh, – Right, just enough know. to disrupt it. Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely good point. Let's continue the overtime conversation because there is so much to talk about that. It is I Want Your Flex, our recap of Super Bowl 58. Hit Mike up at Swollen Dome. Hit Ryan up at uh, Ryan Bershinger. It's just Ryan Bershinger, right? Not the Ryan Bershinger. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's just... Yeah, I didn't it's... think so. Remember, <laughs> I it the dog, because if you spell the, it might be a guy that's hijacked your account. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It only took me 18 weeks in the playoffs to double-check with Ryan on that one. Uh, hit me up at Dan Bayer on Fox. We'll talk about all the talk about overtime and who knew what and who didn't know what. That's next year on I Want Your Flex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're in our second half, but we are talking overtime. It is I Want Your Flex. I'm Dan Beyer. That's my Carmen. Ryan Bersinger is our executive producer. We are all hanging out. I got to lay out where I was brought into this overtime conversation because I will readily admit, and I did not think twice as the coin toss was happening in that stadium that San Francisco actually had a decision. And it wasn't until I did an interview for the network with Aaron Torres and Jason Martin that they asked me about it. And they said, a lot of people are talking about this, you know, on social media. Did the 49ers make an, you know, an error in it? And I gave my reasoning and I thought that the Niners defense Mm -hmm. ended up, you know, needing a break at that point, take the ball, put the pressure on Kansas city. I think we're getting a lot of hindsight is 2020 now when this situation is going on, but I will readily admit, I, I did not think that that Fred Warner, when he went out there called tails and it was tails and they won the toss made the wrong decision. And even as we sit here and we record this podcast, I still am not sure that he made the wrong decision. I think if I would have done it again, I probably still would have taken the football. Where do you stand in all of this, Mike? I, I would agree 100%. You know, in the moment, you know, I was chatting uh, Bucky Brooks. You know, we do the Sunday morning show. We were going back and forth a little bit. I'm like, you know, aggressive putting the ball in the offensive hands. He goes, well, he's trusting that side, right? And, and certainly we look at after the punt debacle, Right off the foot, and then the quick score by the forty nine or by the Chiefs, they'd scored what that was four straight possessions, right? And you talk about the second half of the fourth quarter, there were two drives that were twenty three plays, mm-hmm. right? And most of the the clock, most of the final six minutes occupied there uh, by the the Chiefs. By the way, the Brock Purdy number um, was rushing yards was thirteen when he knelt down to put it to overtime. Guess what? Twelve yards. Oh. Uh, so, and, and and then we have the final score: twenty-five, twenty-two. The over/under: forty-seven and a half. I also lost on a squares because they didn't kick that extra point. But that's a whole uh. other thing. Uh, but I I agreed with it. You know, the more you think about it, and again, going back to what that defense looked like. Because remember, the first half they're flying all over the place. You know, we had talked about it last week and setting things up. Of you know, they're going to need Chase Young to appear and not okay, where was Chase Young in the fourth quarter? And he was all over the place. And Bosa was all over the place. And there's certainly screenshots of him getting hugged uh, and loved by the by the offensive line of the, the Chiefs, but that's neither here nor there. They don't call it. It's not a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. But the, the idea that, you know, you're putting your offense out there, you come out with a great game plan, and then they executed, right? That was a great drive. And then it stopped short, and we chronicled it in the at the end of the the first segment here of you know that play, but for another second is a touchdown, and now he looks like a genius, assuming Wilkes and the defense can can hold serve. I I you know I also don't think that it helps the 49ers cause when players are like we didn't know the rules. Well, that's the mm-hmm. thing, right? The optics of that. Yeah, is bad, and it, and it doesn't reflect well on the relationship. I don't think. Sure, and then you know the Chiefs saying like we practice this in training camp, but also like the Chiefs going for two in that scenario, like that. You know, that's you know Patrick Mahomes said that I don't know if we should have said this, but we would have gone for two, and I, 
I, I just, I don't, that's where I think hindsight is twenty twenty. I, you know, right. maybe they're lying to us. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It just, that's a, it's a really gutsy call, especially for a team that we have chronicled on this podcast that has had such trouble scoring in the red zone mm-hmm. that you're going to put, unless you had the one play that you've been saving all season long, you know, for that moment. I just, I have a tough time believing uh, burst. Where are you on what the Niners did or maybe should have done? Yeah, the more I've thought about it, the more I I think I agree with uh, their their call to start with the ball because I actually think that Shanahan's uh, response to we wanted the ball third makes sense. Uh, I I think when you ultimately look at it, are you really going to say let's just give Patrick Mahomes the ball to start over time? Like it 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 feels weird because then you're mm-hmm. just putting yourself in a position where you at you know at worst you have to tie. Patrick Mahomes and so I I I get it I think that it does make sense because you start with the ball you uh you kind of you're not putting the same pressure on yourself as you would if you're well it goes to that Purdy discussion right if they give up three or they give up seven now now you have to perform at it and be that much more precise yeah yeah so it's uh you're if you are electing to go second you're you're most likely going to be playing from behind and and i get that it does it does make a difference in your aggressiveness but also like that uh that difference in aggressiveness can come back to bite you so i i i think they do they did make the right call at the end of it and uh i i'm with the players i forgot that the overtime rules had changed i was <laughs> i completely I, forgot that that was a thing it doesn't surprise me that the chiefs practiced it because like they were in the game that made that happen so uh, <laughs> it's it is it is different these are two teams coming from at, uh, at it from a from different places of experience yeah i i straight up forgot when the when overtime first started i was like explaining to my fiance that it's like all right well whoever starts out with the ball if they score a touchdown the game's over and then they put up the graphic and i went oh that's right no i'm i'm wrong (laughs) how how about this i had somebody text me that they thought that overtime was running out and that the chiefs were going to run out of time that that was uh they didn't do a good job of explaining that that on the broadcast like they they failed there I wouldn't have expected SpongeBob and Patrick to take care of it, but I certainly expected a, a little more uh, depth. <laughs> it well, was you know, uh, it was the Y two K of the NFL. Like, what is going? What to happens happen if it goes to zero? When this overtime ends. What is going to happen? It, it reminds me in soccer. Like you know, somebody scores in the first fifteen minutes, and you're like. Okay, we're we're oh uh, we're not done. Okay, we got to play some more. Yeah. Wait, now we have another halftime. We got to play plus, 15 more plus minutes. Plus seven minutes. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Now there's another. Yeah. Now there's injury time, stoppage time. Like, what are we doing here? Mm. Like, so it was it was confusing to a lot of people. There was no two minute warning, you know. But mm. but yet you get three timeouts. Right. You mm. know, like like. Well, and that's the just, other thing is that the 49ers didn't utilize those. Go sure. back, and I referenced Carl Loftus before. How the hell does he get to sit on the field for nine minutes or whatever the hell it was with a, a hurt finger? <laughs> like, get off the field! <laughs> like, the 49ers are driving, this guy gets to sit down while he's looking at and, and flexing his pinky and crap. Like, what is this? I, 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 wish, I wish they would have just waited one more play so we could have gotten double overtime. 
Well, and, McManus, know, that, more conspiracy theories, yeah. though, because yeah. McManus had brought that up during the week. <laughs> they, they also would have changed ends of the field, and they would have been so, wouldn't have been so far away from us where uh, we were sitting point, yeah. in the you know four rows from the top of Allegiant Stadium. Uh, again, treating the media well. Uh, by the way, uh, we deserve to be up there, so I'm not complaining at all. The the, the two things that I'll say, because I've, I've thought a lot about this over the last 24 hours, and I think that we get swayed by the college rule mm-hmm. where you're already in field goal position. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it is it is a – I think it's maybe not completely different, but I think it's very different from starting in a spot there where, like, yeah, if you get a you know stop or they miss a field goal, then you're like, okay, we just can't run any plays that take us out of field goal range. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically just sitting on the ball in college football. That's not what this is. Like this is you know your opportunity to make a team drive 80 yards down the field. This isn't your already in scoring opportunity. So that lends me to think that Fred Warner and the Niners made the right decision in uh, you know in choosing tails because I just I. I we hate, you know, I, I don't know anybody who really likes the college, you know, rule. I, I actually it. think that they should start at the 35, mm-hmm. make them at least accomplish something. And that right. that's my my second point is the one thing that the 49ers have to do. And this is any team that does do that and chooses to get, you know, to take the football. You have to do something with it on that drive. You can't go three and out because now you're punting back and you're giving that team the ball at around the 30, you know, maybe 35 yard line. And now they only do need the field goal to win. So they need, only, you know, 20 yards to do it. There is more pressure on the offense to do something in that scenario. But that isn't a reason to shy away from, like, not getting the football. And I, I understand the four down stuff and, and how it all plays out. Maybe they made the wrong choice in going for it or, or kicking the field goal, you know, on, on fourth and four, Mike. To your point about not converting on the Jennings thing, if you end up going for it because you're inside the 10-yard line, now you're making the Chiefs go another, you know, 70 yards or so right. as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, trying to, you know, them just going for three or going to go for the game-winning touchdown. Maybe that would have been the decision for the Niners to actually try to go for it on that fourth down. No, and, that, and that's certainly the extra permutation. I think all of it, you know, comes back to everybody, I think, had their poison pens. And I say everybody, you know, knowing it's radio and, and podcasts and it's the nod and the wink. But a vast majority of folks, shall we say, uh, were looking to write something negative about Kyle Shanahan to add to his resume, resume of misery in big mm-hmm. moments or to try to knock down Brock Purdy again. Right, we love him. We don't love him. We love him again, and now we we're indifferent because we need to go and uh, shine up uh, Patrick Mahomes' resume some more. Uh, but I think you know Shanahan was in a, at a point as soon as that game goes final, you know, no matter what he did, it was going to be wrong. <laughs> like if they yeah. lost that game, like he could have called a perfect game of play calling and execution and everything. If they lost, it was still going to be well. He can't win the big one. Look, they lost another lead. Did you see the stat? Of him in fourth quarter and overtimes, in the three Super Bowls, they his teams have been outscored sixty-eight to twelve. Yeah, and I, I knew it was pretty brutal. But yeah, that's um, yeah. <laughs> and again, like this is this is what I heard from you know. Like, well, I shouldn't even say this is what I heard. We knew the Falcons' defense was gassed. Yeah. Right. And then they're just throwing the football. You know, like, wing it around. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know, so. 
part of that is on him if anybody wants to say, well, he's not the defensive coordinator. Well, he sure as heck didn't help out the defense. No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, and know, that was part of the equation for the second half of this game too, though, right? Mm-hmm. Chiefs were dominant in man-to-man, and they really trusted those guys on the outside were going to lock down. George Kittle was invisible. I mean, absolutely invisible during this game. Uh, and Purdy on throws downfield, he was off a tick virtually every throw. And then they went away from McCaffrey. Yeah. The the phrase run the ball was trending on Twitter during yeah. the game yesterday. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did he finish with? 36 pass attempts, I think, was the... Yeah, the number. Uh, yeah, let me. I got the box. What do we got? Yeah, thirty-eight. Twenty-three of thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not great. Right, that's... and your big players were more or less invisible. You had a big reception. To, I mean, you had a bunch of guys that had a reception of at least eighteen yards. Mm-hmm. Yay! Uh, mm-hmm. But beyond that, like Debo was a non-factor. Like his biggest mm-hmm. play was disrupting the would-be interception in overtime. Uh, but in terms of offensively, he didn't do much. He was also hurt. I have no idea how bad that sure. hamstring was because yeah. he went to the tent. Losing Greenlaw, I mean, that was the camera shot of the day, Dan, uh, was, all right, he's going to run. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, so, you know, they, they covered that up really nicely for as long as they could. Uh, but offensively? Some dump offs to McCaffrey, obviously the trick play, but in terms of explosive plays downfield, all of those big weapons got neutralized. So credit to Spagnolo. You know, as much as yeah. we talk legacy for everybody else, how about we start raising him up as one of the greats? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. This is this is my point, and I said it on the network on on Monday with Purdy. It's I and I I think that I, we may not have the exact look at Purdy. But I don't mind being in the middle on Purdy because that's where I kind of feel that he is. You know, yeah. I think he benefits with the talent around him, but I don't think that he's, you know, a bad quarterback. I don't think that he stinks. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I just I wanted to see if he was great. And the argument that was made by so many that supported him was, he's, yeah, he's got all these great players around him, but he is special. There's something different about him. And we found out what happens when you take some of those guys away. Debo gets hurt. Kittle's, you know, non-existent, maybe dinged up a little bit. CMC isn't being used. And then Brock Purdy kind of falls back into that spot. That's all that, you know, I'm saying and I'm seeing. You know, it's not a, it's not a discredit to what Brock Purdy had done throughout the season. It's just, you know, it's such a polarizing topic of Brock Purdy. And I think that we saw really what Brock Purdy is at this point of his career. And that could change over the next 10 years. But I, I think we saw it on Sun, in Super Bowl, you know, on Sunday in Super Bowl 58 that, uh, yeah, he can't do it all by himself. And I think that's kind of the argument. No quarterback really can, but others are better at doing it than Brock Purdy is. I think when we look back on Purdy getting to the Super Bowl with this team, I don't think we're going to say it in the way where we're like, Trent Dilfer got to the Super Bowl. You know, I think yeah. I think we're going to say it more as like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 not that Purdy. I don't think Purdy's a bad quarterback by any means. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a pretty decent one, and that's honestly fine, especially in today's NFL. Like, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks. Like, Year two, yeah, yeah, right. Because that's the other part of this, guys, yeah. is that you know, for all that the the big grandiose arguments we want to have. About about him and have on sports TV and radio. It's year two. Yeah, 
like he he can't get better. Yep. Right, and and be better downfield and maybe slide. Because one of the things, you know, stands out, like talk about Mahomes with his legs, we didn't see Purdy really try to run at all. Like one to the outside, he finishes with 12 yards in the game, like you said, but, you know, that part of the game wasn't wasn't, uh, on display, no designed quarterback Mm -hmm. runs. Uh, But but I got to imagine, you know, year three – we get a better version, right? That it cleans up a little bit. And what happens roster wise? I mean, both these teams, if you look at pending free agents or contract decisions, it's like so many other teams in the NFL. They're not going to look anywhere near the same as they do this year. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. But for him, I think everybody's trying to write it like he's done. Just like the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. All right, he's already the greatest of all time. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> We're skipping the, the best parts. I, I I know we're going a little long, but I just want I just want to end with with this because the Super Bowl has put an end to the twenty twenty three season. Bursch, I don't know if you even remember this time, but there was a time where we would have a Pro Bowl to look forward to. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I was missing that. Usually, I get to the end of the football season, I'm just like, okay, all right, just I I could do without it for a while. But literally the day after, I'm like, you know what? I could go for one more. You know, can't we just trot the AFC and NFC out in Hawaii and you know, like do this thing the way that it should be? I uh, yeah, already having some FOMO without football, and we're not even 24 hours removed from the Super Bowl. I I remember you were doing what those commercials were, where the guy shows up sadly to his friend's house. He's on the doorstep with the chips and beer, and he's like, yeah, well, I mean, hey, we got we got one more at least, right? Like, I I remember when the Pro Bowl was. Well, now you, well I mean, yeah, now you got uh, NASCAR and the NBA All Star Game. But before we before we dip though, Dan, I mean, you were there. Any final thoughts? I mean, Vegas for the mm-hmm. week. Uh, I had my FOMO. Certainly missing out not just the game, but just the week it was. I mean, Los Angeles, we had an earthquake uh, and we had torrential downpours for several days where where everything was shut down. And now there's all these things about mansions getting ready to slide off into the ocean. So for you there in Vegas, you know, what'd you take away from the week that was? Well, fittingly, I made it rain a bunch in Vegas. Nicely no, I'm kidding. Done. That did not... Good man. Lisa, look at him. <laughs> that, that did not happen. Broadster, oh. this is how you do it. <laughs> hey, I kid you not. This is how much of a loser I am. I went to Famous Dave's Barbecue three times. That's not bad. Eight right. days. That's, that's some good eating. The lady remembered me on my third time. <laughs> Probably because I sat at the same table, you know, every time. There's but, nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was good. Here's, it, you know, honestly, it was great. And there are Super Bowl sites. There are very few, if any, cities that can match the hotel space that you have with Las Vegas and being in that centralized area. And to me, that is worth everything. To have everything there, the stadium was across the freeway. For media, you know, media complaints about everything. You know, we had a shuttle ride over, took about 25, 30 minutes or so. Sure as heck beats an hour and 15, you know, in one of those things. Like, it's... There's stuff that, that, that we experience that a lot of other people don't experience. I also realize that it probably priced a lot of people out, you know, uh, uh, you know, of going to that game. It's the one thing that I worry about is if, you know, if it is in Vegas, you know, that'd be a pretty good one to go to if you're going to it. But how many people will be able to afford it? Um, 
but yeah, it was really good. And that's the the three spots that I have, you know, t- I take everybody else because I have my own, you know, personal opinions on what Super Bowl sites are the best. People love Miami. People love New Orleans. And since New Orleans is next, I'm really curious on how it stands up to Vegas because if it holds up pretty well, you know, as Roger Goodell says, they look forward to coming back. I think you're going to probably see it, you know, every five years or so. Well, I look forward to showing up, you know, and, and it's one of these things with um, with ticket prices. I mean, you guys know how I feel about this stuff. It's the like you save for anything else in your life. Make a choice. Right. You're if you're unless you're the Chiefs right now or the Patriots in years past, you got a lot of years oftentimes before your team sees it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So part one to that and tickets did come down. I saw get in got down towards five thousand, not to, you know. Thumb my nose at, you know, 5,000, you know, everybody's got it laying around. But, again, if you're looking at once-in-a-lifetime kind of experiences, you have it there. And then there were plenty of hotels, even for the Friday and Saturday nights, that were well under 300 bucks a night. Mm. So as long as you can navigate the um, the cab part of it, I think probably was the would have been the most frustrating of it, right? Flights getting to and from, okay. But I, I would imagine the cab from McCarran had to be a pain in the neck. Sure. Like that yeah. would, for a, from a psychological standpoint, that <laughs> would be expensive. Right. Yes. Standing, <laughs> exactly. The expensive, hey, you know what? We're in a surge pricing mode. <laughs> so you just get your best walking shoes and uh, take off. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it looked like a blast. Uh, I know there's been a lot about gaming. Obviously, going to overtime, we were talking with DeSager that the network made an extra $60 million plus. So uh, good on them. Table games were down because people were looky lose instead of players, so that sure. was that was a downer uh, for some. But hey, the fifty fifty raffle got up over five hundred thousand. How crazy is that? Yeah, so wow. because it went kept on going and going and going. But oh man, well that's a wrap on the twenty twenty three NFL season. But it is not a wrap on this season of I Want Your Flex. That's because Mike Ryan and myself will be back for one more episode where we draft our top 60 players for the 2024 season. Yes, already looking ahead. Do you guys know who you would take number one if we started it right now? Yep. Yeah, number one, yeah. Okay, I am not too sure just yet. I'm more You'll resolute f- than I was last year. Maybe <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I'll just give myself the number one pick to there keep everybody in suspense. I like that. Right. That's yeah. good. Yeah, we'll find out next time. So for Ryan Bershinger and Mike Harmon, we hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl talk. And we'll be back to wrap up this season of I Want Your Flex coming up next week. Talk to you then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.